Chapter 6 of Campfire Girls at Twin Lakes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Lucy Burgoyne. Campfire Girls at Twin Lakes, or The Quest of a Summer Vacation, by Stella M. Francis. Chapter 6. A Telegram on Route. At nine o'clock in the morning, two days later, a train of three coaches, two sleepers and a parlour car, pulled out of Fairbury northwest bound. It was a clear midsummer day, not oppressively warm. The atmosphere had been freshened by a generous shower of rain a few hours before sun-up. In the parlour car near one end sat a group of thirteen girls and one young woman, the latter Miss Ladd, guardian of Flamingo Camp Fire, we will hereafter designate as one of the girls. She was indeed scarcely more than a girl, having passed her voting majority by less than a year. The last two days had been devoted principally to preparations for this trip. Mrs. Hutchins had engaged two men who struck the tents and packed these and all the other camp paraphernalia, and expressed the entire outfit to Twin Lake Station. On the morning before us, Mrs. Hutchins accompanied the fourteen girls to the train at the Fairbury Depot, and bade them good-bye, and wished them success in their enterprise. There were few other passengers in the parlour car when the campfire girls entered, one old gentleman obligingly moved forward from a seat at the rear end, and the new passengers were able to occupy a section all by themselves. Before starting for the train, Miss Ladd called her little flock of spies together and gave them a short lecture. Now, girls, she said with keen deliberation, we are about to embark on a venture that has in its element, which will put many of your qualities to severe test. And these tests are going to begin right away. Perhaps the first will be a test of your ability to hold your tongues. That's pretty hard for a bevy of girls who like to talk better than anything else, isn't it? Do you really mean to accuse us of liking to talk better than anything else? inquired Marie Crismore, flushing prettily. I didn't say so, did I? was the guardian's answering query. Not exactly, but you meant it, didn't you? I refuse to be pinned down to an answer, replied Miss Ladd, smiling enigmatically. I suspect that if I leave you something to guess about on that subject, it may sink in deeper. Now, can any of you surmise what specifically I am driving at? Nobody ventured an answer, and Miss Ladd continued. Don't talk about our mission to Twin Lakes, except on secret occasions. Don't drop remarks now and then, or here and there, that may be overheard, 
and make someone listen for more. For instance, on the train, forget that you are on anything except a mere pleasure trip or campfire excursion. Be absolutely certain that you don't drop any remarks that might arouse anybody's curiosity or suspicion. It might, you know, get to the very people whom we wish to keep in ignorance concerning our moves and motives. I see you are bound to make sure enough spies out of us, said Marie Crismore pertly. Well, I'm going to start out with the determination of pulling my hat down over my eyes, hiding in every shadow I see, and peeking around every corner I can get to. Oh, I'm going to be some sleuth, believe me. What will you say when you catch somebody with jam on his fingers? Harriet Newcomb inquired. Marie leaned forward eagerly and answered dramatically. I'll suddenly appear before the villain and shout, Halt! You are my prisoner. Throw up your jammed hands. After the laugh that greeted this response subsided, Miss Ladd closed her lecture thus. I think you all appreciate the importance now of keeping your thoughts to yourselves, except when we are in conference. I'm glad to see you have a lot of fun over this subject, but don't let your gay spirits cause you to permit any unguarded remarks to escape. On the train the girls all got out their knitting, and soon their needles were plying merrily away on sleeveless sweaters socks, helmets, and wristlets for the boys at the front, timing their work by their wristwatches for patriotism honours. True to their resolve, following Miss Ladd's warning lecture, they kept the subject of their mission out of their conversation, and it is probable that no reference to it would have been made during the entire three-hundred-mile journey if something had not happened which forced it keenly to the attention of every one of them. The train on which they were travelling was a limited, and the first stop was fifty miles from Fairbury. A few moments after the train stopped, a telegraph messenger walked into the front entrance of the parlour car and called out, Telegram for Miss Harriet Ladd. The latter arose and received the message signed the receipt blank, and tore open the envelope. Imagine her astonishment as she read the following. Miss Harriet Ladd, Parlour Car, Pocahontas Limited, Attorney Pierce Langford is on your train, first coach, bought ticket for Twin Lakes, small man, squint eyes, smooth face, watch out for him, letter follows telegram, Mrs. Hannah Hutchins End of chapter 6